0: Our first scripture reading this morning is from the 5th chapter of Acts of the Apostles found on page 115 in the New Testament of your Bible. When they had brought them they had they had them stand before the council the high priest questioned them saying We gave you strict orders not to teach this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter, the apostles, answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree, God exalted him to his right hand as leader and savior that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. May God bless the reading and hearing of this word.
1: Our Gospel lesson this morning continues in John, the 21st chapter, the first 19 verses. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias and showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said, well, we'll go with you. They went out, they got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast a the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from land, only a few hundred yards off. When they'd gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many fish, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. Now none of the disciples said, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Second time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he'd said it the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, You used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you'll stretch out your hands. Someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God after he said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Let's offer a little prayer. Set aside, O Lord, any voice that is not your own, those niggling responsibilities of the rest of our week, those things that we have to get accomplished before the coming week is done, all the little distractions, all the things that make our hearts only focus on our own burdens and instead of the light yoke that you offer to give for all who labor are invited to come unto you and you give rest let us then rest in your word this morning to the glory of Christ our Lord Amen yesterday I was shopping at a mire which is not far from our house I'm not a big fan of Meijer But every month, they send us really, really good coupons. So I set aside my disgust at the somewhat bizarre layout of the store and go get my 25-cent off of a dozen eggs and a buck and a half off a bag of Starbucks coffee. That's pretty good. Sometimes they have free ketchup, but they stop that coupon. I miss it. A can of fire-roasted tomatoes diced was what I got free this time and a box of multi-grain Cheerios, because they happen to be our dog Aggie's favorites. Towards the end of the aisle, uh, and of course Myra's is one of those stores that sell a little bit of everything, you know, auto parts and television sets, and at the end of one of the aisles was a pallet of deeply discounted Easter candy. <laughs> and so, of course, I walked around it, any of the candy that I wanted was not in the deep discount bin for Easter candy, the... Little robin's eggs that come in the carton that looks like a little milk carton that are actually kind of slightly candied, malted milk balls. Love those things. No, they didn't have any. Cadbury eggs were long gone. All that were left were the chocolate bunnies that kind of looked like their ears had already gone dusty white. Um, And M&Ms that were in pastel colors, which oddly enough we don't want to eat any other time of the year. It was pretty clear that Easter was over. I'm a bit of a sentimentalist for weird things. I always feel bad for the Christmas trees that didn't sell. You know, in that week between Christmas and New Year's, you drive past a lot and they're still bundled up. They got chopped down but never were celebrated as the middle of someone's living room, and so they just go straight from the lot to the wood chipper and become mulch. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the pumpkins on, on November 2nd. You know, they're... They're out there and they're allowed to just kind of get mushy and soft. I, I, if, I had, if I had the same, same compassion for people, I'd probably be a better pastor. But these inanimate <laughs> markers of, of time and, and moving on. Oddly enough, even though Easter has been compu- completely pushed to the deep discount bins at the store, you come back to church and we sing songs all over again about the resurrection. We have these stories about Jesus reappearing as if for some bizarre reason we still think that Easter is relevant. It's over. Put the spring decorations away. Set them aside. We need that space for sunscreen and flip-flops, right? But in the Christian heart, we're still going on and on and on about this He is risen indeed thing church seems a little slow on the uptake a a little lame we keep saying christ is risen and frankly the rest of the world is over it this morning we have another one of those post resurrection stories it's one of my favorites by the way in twenty-first chapter of john jesus had appeared to the disciples twice once on easter evening when thomas wasn't there and then he came the following week for thomas to be included And now this week um, the disciples have been sitting around doing nothing and they've got to come up with something to do. The owner of the upper room at some point is going to be asking for the rent that is due and they've got to figure out how to eat. And with Jesus only popping in now and again, they can't rely on that to be invited to nice banquets again or people's homes much longer. Life has to go on because that is exactly what life does. So after sitting in these long blocks of silence, Peter finally gets up and tells the other disciples, I'm going to go fishing. This wasn't let's grab the poles for a little rest and relaxation. When Peter said, I'm going to go fishing, it was I'm going back to what it was that I did before Jesus called me. a three or four day walk from Jerusalem back to the Sea of Galilee he still had some connections, though they were three years hence. Somebody in Galilee would loan him a boat and get him some gear on consignment. For most of his life, Peter had been a fisher, and so he knew the craft. He knew he might be a little rusty, but a few tosses of the net, it would be like you know, riding a bicycle. He'd be back at it again. same place he was when Jesus had called him to follow. It felt like a lifetime ago. It's only three years, but so long. But at least Peter had a trade to fall back on. That's what every liberal arts student is told in college. Make sure you have a trade that you can fall back on, and Peter had one. It was fishing. He had something to pay the rent when the crowds dispersed. With nothing else to do, the other disciples, some of them fishers as well, tagged along and by the time they got to Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias, Peter pulled together some nets and a boat and it had been a week since they last saw Jesus and a few hauls of tilapia, maybe some catfish. uh, They could uh, courier the upper room rent back to Jerusalem and set up shop there next to Zebedee's old share. He's risen indeed but somebody's gotta pay the bills that was the plan at least so Peter had forgotten how hard life was on the fishing circuit all night all night all night In the thick wet summer air the way that the nets cup deep calluses in your hands his thumbs beginning to blister as the coarse ropes of the casting net cuffed against his his hands with each throw. Toss Wait. Pull. Nothing. Toss. Wait. Pull. Nothing. Toss. Wait. Some nights were like that, boat, borrowed on credit, collectors perhaps tracking them from Jerusalem, unfamiliar nets all night, deeper in debt, lousy prospects. A voice calls from the shore with a little advice. Other side, it echoes. Humor him, says Peter. Shift the sail flip the net so that the tossing weights would go off in the other direction. It wasn't a simple tack of just turning. It required repositioning 180 degrees, everything in the boat, to rearrange it so they could go off the right side instead of the left. It ended up meaning he was tossing with his weaker throwing arm, like pitching with your right hand for eight and a half innings, and then in the bottom of the ninth, throwing southpawed but what do you have to lose? hadn't caught anything anyway. humor the guy. And that's where the story gets interesting. waiting for the nets to settle, there's commotion in the water and they begin to pull and from the first tug they know it's different. peter makes the connection. someone says, "you know who that is, don't you?" he grabs its jacket and ties it around his naked waist and swims to shore, the other disciples tending to the massive haul of fish. Lumbering the lopsided boat toward shallower water so that they can shift the catch into the hull. Their temporary debt problems are solved. They could take care of the balance of their bills in Jerusalem and they'd have some left over. 153 fish. No damage to the nets. They'd even get their deposit back. It's Jesus, says Peter. I love this story. I love this story and it's actually not the great catch of fish that stands out for me. It's that in all of this Jesus made breakfast. Risen Lord or not Jesus knew they'd be hungry. All night nothing. And when they finally recognize who is shouting instructions from the shore the next thing Jesus says I've made you some breakfast. Clean some of the fish you caught. Bring them over here. The coals are just right. You can cook them for a little later on today then there's the post brunch conversation Jesus is taking care of breakfast and, and the other disciples have gone no doubt to the vendors to cover the boat fees and clean and return the nets and settle up accounts with the fish vendors that are heading off to the local markets it's just Jesus and Peter and a smoldering fire it's a only private conversation that Peter has with the risen Jesus ever since that whole denial thing that happened a couple of weeks before Jesus knows Peter has a choice to make three years ago (laughs) Jesus called Peter on this very spot three years ago to put that into a little time frame, you need to know that tomorrow is the anniversary of our first in-person worship since the pandemic. Three years ago was the last time that we gathered for worship in May. Three years ago. That's the time that Peter had followed Jesus. That very spot Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fish for people. That time Simon dropped his nets and got a new name, shifted from Simon the fisherman to Peter the rock, <laughs> headed off for adventure. Except this time, three years later, Peter knew the price of following. It wasn't going to be all banquets and healings and adoring crowds and making fun of the Pharisees and laughing with children. cost Jesus his life. And the end game for the followers could very well be the same. This time Peter's eyes were wide open. So when Jesus asked him, What do you love, Peter? What do you love? You love me more than these? Do you? you love me more than the boats and the nets and the fish and the familiar and the safe and the trade you know? What do you love, Peter? Peter stammers a bit. He doesn't like the way that Jesus is phrased it as a question. Peter asks Jesus, What's your passion? Is it following Jesus? Peter deflects and says, You, you, you know I love you. We, we did all that together. You, you know I love you. Jesus asks again, Peter, what do you love? Do you love me? Or do you love fish? Do you love following Or do you just want to play it safe? Do you want to look after my sheep? Or do you just want to spend the rest of your life cleaning tilapia? What's it going to be, Peter? Three times Peter evades. It was good. And Jesus. And there's a reason the old Easter candy has to be moved on. Stores thrive on tomorrow's sales. That Easter stuff gets in the way. It's fishing season now, folks. No more spring. It's summer. What are you shopping for? You don't need the Easter decorations. Except there's this really nagging question about values. What's what's important? What matters in life? Yeah, the bills have to be paid. Somebody needs to cook breakfast, but what's important? I don't want to end on an opaque note. And I want some sort of mist to come off of the lake and mix with the smoke fires of breakfast and have you say, well, that was an interesting picture. I don't know what it means. I don't want you to puzzle about fish or sheep or what 153 means. I want you to think about what is important here. It's about where your passion lies. It's about what you do. And it's about what you love. It's about who you are and whose you are. The church keeps clinging to Easter. Because every morning, Jesus asks, Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Will you follow? Will you? Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand and affirm our faith. In the words of the Apostles, Creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ.